calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. everybody good evening and welcome to this spoiler review for the finale of the first season of the last of us on hbo max here from the geek buddies yes we are back at it tonight to talk about this finale of uh, season one here, incredible finale, divisive finale, much like it was back in 2013. It's kind of crazy, Shannon, reading a lot of reviews today from people who played the games, people who haven't played the games. Just phenomenal to see all the many interpretations, but all of them come back to citing the fact that back in 2013, when this game first premiered and debuted, the feeling we're all feeling now is exactly how people were feeling back then. The split of whether they agreed with Joel's actions or didn't agree with Joel's actions. And I'll get in deeper into the reasons for that uh, because of how the game was laid out. But it was very reminiscent of the Red Wedding. Some people who had read the Game of Thrones books waited around for us to react to the Red Wedding. And some people who've played the game have constantly been hinting at it. You guys just wait till the end. Wait till the end. Wait till the end. And sure enough, wait till the end did happen for us. And uh, we're going to jump into all of it and talk about it section by section thank you all so much for joining us live but let's introduce ourselves i am the outlaw john roca writer producer and host here on the geek buddies 
And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor. Where I'm on hold for something right now. Oh. So fingers crossed, maybe we'll maybe we'll get a good phone call here, and I might have to hop off for a second. <laughs> Would love that. Let's send the positive energy, everybody, for sure. We got a lot to get into, and Michael Vogel is going to make an appearance here. He does. He is in New Zealand, but he is going to make an appearance here to tell us his thoughts about the uh, overall show as well. And like I said earlier, you know, this is. Uh, such a fantastic and interesting, well, uh, fantastic in my opinion, a finale here to break down. We've got Joel and Ellie. We've got Marlena. We've got uh, Ashley Johnson coming in to portray Anna, who is Ellie's mom. We're going to compare some of the stuff between the game and the actual show. I did a lot of research on that. We're also going to talk about some of the themes and the concepts and um, some of the stuff that was introduced. And, of course, what Shannon and I think about Joel's decision here at the end and Ellie's decision and Marlene's decision as well uh, as we break it all down here on this finale. And of course, a big shout out to Carbon Health who continues to power and sponsor us here on the Geek Buddies through the month of March. Head on over to CarbonHealth.com to go get checked out for any healthcare questions, concerns, or needs. For example, if you're having a baby on a hardwood floor being chased by an infected person, all those things can be handled, I'm sure, by CarbonHealth.com. And, of course, they're focusing so much more on mental health issues. And I imagine, Shannon, a lot of people who are alive in The Last of Us are suffering with a lot of mental health issues, so they can certainly use Carbon Health or, or download the app to have a dock in their pocket if there's even cell service around this time. So who knows? Yeah, it seems like they're probably dealing with a little bit of trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit of trauma for sure. Um, and what else do we want to say? Is there anything else we want to say before we start here? Oh, yeah, the Streamlabs and Super Chats are open. Uh, we have them open for tonight's it's finale. We thought we'd go live because uh, uh, we imagine a lot of you all want to discuss with us your thoughts and feelings about this show, both positive and negative. Uh, and uh, let us hear from you. So I'll be put, bringing up the Super Chats if you send them in. I'll be reading the Streamlabs if you send them in. They're right above. Oh, the address is uh, pinned in the chat. It's in the description of this video as well. So that, that's where you're going to find it uh, to send in stuff. And I think I already pinned it in the chat for sure. So, all right. Anyway, let's get into this thing here. And make sure to hit a like on this video as we go along. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, subscribe right now to uh, be made aware of whenever we're dropping Geek Buddy stuff or Outlaw Nation stuff on the channel. And we got 88 of you already joining us live. Uh, hopefully those numbers will grow, but we appreciate it madly from the beginning. Shannon McClung, all right. We've come to, and I imagine we'll review the entire season at the end of this review tonight. Well, I give our overall thoughts on season one, but let's deal with the finale. Your overall thoughts, the shortest episode of the season, 43 minutes when you remove credits. What are your thoughts about this finale, brother? I mean, I thought I thought it was a, a, a really good finale to a fantastic season of television. Mm. Um, you know, the 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 critique that I've read a lot um, yeah. from folks was for the season, sort of the the lack of the infected that they that folks feel that the action could have been could have been bumped up. You could have more more of the presence of like the clickers and the bloaters and whatnot. Yeah. And as someone who, you know, didn't play the game, it's one of those situations where um, you can't miss what you didn't have. Yeah. Um, so for me, I thought everything played really, really well, especially yeah. on the heels of that last episode where, you know, Ellie went through so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we finally see Joel has accepted 
embrace this position of like surrogate dad and you see just the love pouring out of him for this for this young woman and then to see the decision that he makes closer to the end i mean i i thought it was fantastic i was actually at work today and um I was chatting about it with two of my coworkers and they are both players of the game. And they were, they were letting me know some of the differences that Mm. Craig Mazin had talked about, especially that end about who do you agree with? I mean, and I can't imagine playing this game in 2013 and getting to that last section. I'm assuming that last level. Yeah. And uh, uh, basically what you've been presented with when, when I would imagine that the majority of the game you're you're you know you're fighting infected you're fighting raiders you're fighting cannibals and then you get to this hospital and it is just i mean it's heart-wrenching i mean and the the filmmaking again was just so so good the director what was his name ali Ali abasi yeah um did such a fantastic job and you know really getting to see um, sort of the the one man army Joel really? can be when he sets his sights on something, and in this case, it was saving Ellie. So yeah. I thought it was great. I, I I mean, the only the only downside for me is the 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 length didn't bother me. I thought it, yeah. I thought it clipped along really nicely. Yeah. The only downside for me is the fact that this we're not going to get to revisit these characters for a good long while yeah. and uh you know that's a that's a bummer because i'm really enjoying the show you know and, and that's those are all great comments shannon for sure and uh, you know what's ironic is that people who played the game um imagine this we already know there's a season two coming but imagine in 2013 when you get to the end of the game you don't know if there's a second one coming it ends with okay it ends exactly the same way okay from ellie black frame and it's done i rewatched it today like the last 20 minutes of the game and that's exactly how it ends and he is a goddamn one-man killing machine in that hospital and so you you see that it all kind of and they've been really good this season of of adhering to the the source material faithfully and then veering away from it to flesh out more of the stories throughout the season and this is yet another smart decision by them to stick close to the source material and almost go shot for shot or seen for scene from what you see in the game. And I think the number one thing that I come back to here, or the thing that I realized that I, so I read today and researched and found out is that Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, the studio shot a separate ending. They shot a separate ending where they linger with the Joel and Ellie moment. And then Joel and Ellie start walking towards the sun um, there as they're hiking in Wyoming and both Druckmann and Mazin said and the studio wanted the hbo max apparently wanted that ending and mazen and Druckmann could not let it go that the ending the way the game the way the game ends should be the way this uh series ends because when you see them if they have a moment together and then start walking to the sunlight it kind of undercuts this moment of feeling like well shit what now how do i feel which i think is one of the joys of a game like this look a lot of people don't like ambiguous endings And especially when you've been following a hero for so long in a game and all of a sudden that hero shows you what he's been telling you that he is, what other people have been telling you that he is, and the brutality and almost the, um, for lack of a better term, blank face uh, approach to things once he is laser focused on something, the lengths that he's willing to go to 
in order to save someone he loves. And hasn't this always hasn't this been the thing we've been talking about, Shannon, for multiple weeks on these reviews? Joel feeling the guilt that he couldn't save Sarah, that he's he's uh, been unable to save Ellie at times. He got stabbed while Ellie had to save herself from David in the last episode. And he eventually got there just in time to hold her as she came out of that burning dining hall. So this idea that Joel couldn't step up and save, and he tells Tommy at the uh, at the at the town there, like at the fort. I, I, you know, you take her. I can't do it. I'm not strong enough to do it. I don't have the ability to do it. And we see in this moment when he realizes that they're going to kill Ellie to save the world, that he can absolutely go Terminator when he needs to and ice everyone out. And we are faced with the brutality of this hero that we followed for so long, murdering, murdering, straight up murdering all these people who are trying to save humanity. So just kind of mind-blowing so imagine playing the game and that becomes your guide you have to question yourself well should i have been following this guy the whole time and i'll throw this out as well shannon right after we get this moment to end the last episode i got you baby girl we were all emotional but that connection <laughs> is why joel does what he does at the end of this episode so i know i don't want to jump too hard but like let's let, let me get your thoughts initially on the decision that joel makes in that moment Near the end of the, because I've been talking for so long, I want to get your thoughts. What are your thoughts here as you think about it initially when you saw it happen? I mean, I figured, well, I figured he was going to do what he was going to do. I mean, mm. when, I mean, Ellie, it, it kind of gets telegraphed a little bit yeah. when she says, you know, time, I guess time heals all wounds. And he's like, it wasn't time. I mean, it yeah. was his, it's yeah. his connection with Ellie that has brought him back from the precipice, like something that, even Tess, who, as far as we know, like is one of one of his stronger connections post Sarah, even Tess couldn't do. Yeah. Like we I... saw we saw this what this connection with Ellie did. And the moment that he's talking with Marlene, I mean, you even she knows like this is a different guy. This yeah. isn't the guy that I that I knew in the QZ. Yeah. There is a change in him. And his change is that connection, is that connection to Ellie. And yeah. the fact that Marlene basically admitted, like, we put her under, like, we didn't tell her what we were going to do. Yeah, we didn't give her a choice. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. not that, I mean, would that have changed Joel's decision if he had woken up and Marlene had said, look, Ellie gave us consent to do this. She wants to do this. Right. Um, would that have changed it? I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Okay. Um, it would it would have made for you know the ride <laughs> when she wakes up in the jeep a little more awkward <laughs> when <laughs> when she's like, well, this is I I didn't expect heaven to look like this. Um. So I mean, again, I thought it was exactly what he was going to do. Um. Was he right? Gosh, that's really hard to say. And I, and I, I think love that's, that. That's what sets the stage for, yeah. I mean, and again, I don't know what's going to happen in the next season because I didn't, haven't played the sequel to the game either. Right. Um, but I mean, it sets the stage for some really compelling storytelling that you took a season to bring these two people together to, yeah. to basically bring them as close as they can get with a surrogate parent and child relationship. And yeah. now my guess is that next season we're going to tear them apart and you're going to see the fallout from that. Yeah. What love can exist based on a lie, right? I mean, it's not easy. So 
Um, so we're going to see. But uh, before we dive into the review, because the way we're going to do the review, for those of you who may be new to hanging out with us on the Geek Buddies, maybe you, you, know, you love every, you've been watching every review of the finale, so you've taken a chance on us. The way we're going to do the review is we're going to break it up in sections. So we're going to go from Ellie's uh, birth here all the way to where Marlene kills Anna. Then we're going to go from... Uh, um, uh, Joel and Ellie uh, forming this uh, or showing us this relationship again, all the way up until Joel and Ellie get knocked out, and then everything in the hospital, and then everything on that hiking trail in Wyoming. So that's going to be how the show works tonight. But before we dive in to the show, we have a special guest who is joining us all the way from New Zealand to give us his <laughs> thoughts, overall thoughts on uh, uh, this season finale, and what would. Uh, we've been we've been you know reviewing these uh, episodes the three of us together and I asked him to record a real quick uh, a thought and uh, his real quick thoughts on the overall finale. So, ladies and gentlemen, straight from New Zealand, somewhere in New Zealand now, uh, geek buddy Michael Vogel. Hey, it is Michael Vogel reporting to you from Queenstown, New Zealand. Um, it's a little bit early here and we have a big day ahead, but I wanted to take a few minutes and give you guys some of my thoughts on The Last of Us uh, season finale. I'm sorry I can't be there for the live show, but I did want to say, shocking no one, that I absolutely love this finale. I think I've said this every single review that I've been a part of, but this is hands down, officially, absolutely, the absolute best video game adaptation that we've gotten, period, on anything, it's amazing. I loved it. Um, I think, you know, I was talking about this last night. If you were going to give one complaint overall to the season, and I've definitely seen a lot of people giving this complaint, it would be that we could have used some more uh, zombie action, some more bloaters, some more clickers. And I don't think that that's wrong. I think that that would have been great to have. But at the end of the day, where so many video game adaptations choose the action, choose the monster, choose the crazy CG effects, and don't choose the emotion. If I had to choose, I'm glad they made the choice they did. Uh, I think we talked about this earlier in the season, but in this finale, we finally saw the tables turn. We saw Pedro Pascal, Joel, Pedro Pascal's Joel, absolutely just trying his best to cheer up Ellie, and Ellie was now the sullen one, and it was absolutely heartbreaking. The ending was heartbreaking. This is gonna be some fucked up shit in season two, and I can't wait to review it with the Geek Buddies. Now, I am off to go get some coffee, because it's very early here, and then we are going to go explore all of this amazing countryside. Um, but once I'm done with that, I'm flying back to LA, and I can't wait to join the Geek Buddies on all of our Geek Buddies reviews next week. So, for Geek Buddies, reporting from Queenstown, New Jersey, nope, New, New Zealand. Where am I? I don't even know where the fuck I am. It's Michael Vogel. Back to you guys. There you go. Hey, <laughs> classic Michael. I don't even know what city he's in. Uh, so perfect. But yeah, I mean, he also stressed that what you had mentioned as well, Shannon, the idea of the dearth of uh, of clickers, of bloaters that we got uh, throughout this entire season. And then and certainly echoing some of the complaints that other people have had about it as well. But overall, seems like he enjoyed the finale. So, uh, what I mean, I, I was reading one of the reviews, and I, they quoted somebody from the show saying, "I think it was Craig Mazin or Neil Druckmann saying this isn't a show about humans versus the infected. This is a show about humans versus humans." And we've seen shades of that in The Walking Dead and other uh, other shows. The Walking Dead was the only one wasn't the only one with post apocalyptic stuff, but certainly post apocalyptic shows. We've seen the humans versus humans being the, the situation here. So, do you? 
when you look at this, do you still feel that way about the the missing of the of the um, of the clickers and the bloaters? Do you still think there should have been more with the infected? Even though we got a little bit of infected in this finale, but not too much. It, it I didn't feel like it really detracted from anything. Again, yeah. like yeah. not not knowing the source material or only being sort of tangentially aware of the source material. Yeah. Um, I, I was never bothered by the by you know the dearth, which great SAT word. Thank uh, you. The dearth, the dearth of Thank action. You, the, dearth, Thank you, <laughs> the, the, the dearth, the dearth of the infected. I thought um, spacing it out the way they did was absolutely the way to go because yeah. again as we've spoken before in our reviews and on our regular show um i love action but action only works when you are emotionally invested in the characters yeah. and those big action moments that we did get um you know thinking about the clickers thinking about uh, the bloater mm. um when you did get those you are so invested in the characters that's ultimately what made it work. Now, could we have had an action scene later later in the season with uh, with the infected? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I thought the 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 Ellie David action scene was probably way more effective mm. because I mean, at the end of the day, the infected they're not bad guys. They right. are they are th they're this organism trying to survive. Yeah. Um, David is a straight up psychopath. Like yeah. that is a that is a bad guy. Yeah. And so, I mean, especially the way that Ellie dealt with it, like you saw, like she was in some really tough situations throughout the yeah. season, but it's that situation with David that really, really, you know, stuck with her. Like yeah. you saw how much that rung her bell that, yeah. you know, looking into the face of pure evil, um, that's the thing that's going to stay with you. Like, obviously, yeah. you know, running for running from a bloater, running from a clicker. I'm sure that's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. But when you when you know you're staring evil in the face and evil is wanting you, I I would have to say like that that troubled me more than anything that we saw with the infected. And I think that's the reality of this world that they've constructed. Yeah. Is um, yes, the, the infected, they are, they are a variable that you have to consider, but the thing that you really have to worry about is how people have changed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a hundred percent the truth, man. And that's the thing that I think, you know, the, the bloaters aren't trying to torture you. The bloaters are trying to kill you. The infected are trying to eat you and kill you, but they're not toying with your emotions or playing with your body parts or eating you uh, you know, hanging you up on the 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 uh, the wire there to to use mm. you later to make venison stew from. You know, there's a difference, and I think that's where humanity can be quite brutal and quite beautiful as well. It just all depends on the situation. All right, let's uh, let's uh, get into this thing. And by the way, please, no spoilers for The Last of Us Part Two. The, the spoilers of the finale or this season, knock yourselves out. But please, no spoilers. I will fucking block you. Like I won't even put you in timeout. I will fucking block you. That's it. And I'll block you from the channel as well. So please don't make that mistake tonight. I would appreciate you all being respectful of that as we go along. And I will repeat that warning a number of times in case there are new people coming through as we go along. And I'll read your Super Chats and Streamlabs at the beginning of each break. We've got four or five of them already. So hold on to your hats for that. And if you want to send some in as we go along, feel free to do so. The Streamlabs address is pinned in the chat. It's right there in the description of the video as well, and we'll read them as we go along. All right, let's jump into the first part here of the episode. Shannon, this is called 
uh, look for the light here. We open on Ashley Johnson, who many of you know is the voice of the original Ellie in the video game. Uh, I, Shannon, we know her from Avengers. We know her from a number of things that she's been a part of in series and shows <laughs> and winning video game awards left and right, doing voiceover work for Vox Machina, certainly a fantastic actress, both in front of the mic and in front of the camera, or behind the mic, rather, in front of the camera. So good to see her in this, because we had gotten um, uh, the actor who plays uh, uh, Joel in the game in the last episode uh, there as James. So we're seeing Ashley Johnson here uh, running through the woods in this beautiful yellow dress. Uh, she's pregnant. She's running from what we hear is infected people. She runs into a house, calls for someone. They aren't there. She runs upstairs and locks herself in a room as she starts to have her baby. And then there's a pounding on the door and an infected person bursts in, maybe the person that she was either running from or calling for in the house. She has the baby as she fights off this person, but then realizes that she, as she looks at, at her leg that she's been bit, she uses the knife to kill this thing. Um, the infected, she cuts her own cord with the same knife and bonds with her baby. And we see now that this is the birth of Ellie. So cute. And she begin, the baby begins to cry. Re oh, sorry. And then Anna begins to cry, realizing that she won't live long enough to see Ellie grow up. We come back uh, later on to see Marlene leading a bunch of people into the house and to Anna upstairs. Anna offers Ellie to Marlene to take to Boston, gives her the switchblade knife that we've seen Ellie wield and was playing with in the in the uh, episode that featured her for the first time. Uh, and we've Marlene says she can't take the baby, she won't take the baby. And then Anna calls upon their relationship to make her do it. Anna asks her to take Ellie and to kill Anna. Marlena won't kill Anna initially, but walks out with baby Ellie, hands off the baby to one of the people that she's with, takes a moment, tells this fool to cover her ears, then takes a gun, takes a moment, walks back in, and kills Anna without hesitation. And of course, her idiot friend didn't cover her ears, so the baby cries at the sound of the gunshot. So let's stop there. Just a little bit of background real quick. We don't get to see this in the game. This is not in the game. This has this apparently this validates a long held fan theory that she had been born uh, after Anna had been bit that Ellie. Had, so Ellie, that's how she became. That's how she developed the immunity. But it's not really spelled out in the game. There's a letter which I'm going to bring up here in just a second that Anna finds and or that Ellie finds and reads from her mom, Anna, but it isn't really specified in the game how she's immune. Well, they're cleared that up here in this scene, and we don't see any scenes with Anna in the game, I believe. So this is such a fantastic opening to flesh out this relationship even more, and it's something we're going to call back on when we get to the final scene here or the final couple of scenes in the show. So, Shannon, what did you think of this opening scene here? Getting to see Ashley Johnson, the birth of Ellie, and then Marlena, Marlene, rather, killing Anna. Well, the, some folks in the chat have correctly pointed out that, yes, Ashley Johnson was also Chrissy Seaver in Growing Pains. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes she was. If, if, if you watched uh, TGIF <laughs> back back in the day. Actually, no, I think that show was on Tuesday. Growing Pains was on Tuesday. Ne never mind. Don't wear that smile. Anyway, go <laughs> But um, I love the fact that, you know, we, we started the show with Joel's beginning, and now we're ending with Ellie's beginning. Oh, good point. Great point. And... 
the I mean, Ashley Johnson is is one of those like terrific performers who who has has kind of just always stuck around. Like, again, some people have pointed out that she was she was that waitress in the Avengers. Yeah. And, and, you know, in one of the longer cuts, like she actually had more of a uh, prominent role uh, interacting mm-hmm. with Steve Rogers. Um, yeah, just a really, really solid opening. And the sequence of events that happens yeah. As she, you know, you know, uses that chair to block the door. She pulls out, you know, that that switchblade, which when, you know, we see Ellie have later. Yeah. And again, even though, you know, we don't we don't get a ton of the infected over the season when they use them. They're so, so effective. I yeah, mean, yeah, just yeah. seeing seeing this thing just running at you and the way she's trying to fight it off and finally uh, it is able to 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 overcome, and in the middle of it, she j- realizes she's just given birth. Like as she's as yes. she was fighting this thing off, um, Ellie came out, and that realization when she sees the bite on her thigh, and immediately goes to cut the umbilical cord because whatever you know the cordyceps, it's you know she's trying to stop it from getting in her baby. Yep. Like oh my gosh, and then just that really tender moments of you know a mom a mother seeing her child for the first time and also knowing that this is this is going to be the last time that that i that i see my daughter i mean it's just so so heart-wrenching um you know when marlene shows back up um who who has aged incredibly well um (laughs) um, the the reality of that situation where she sees her friend on the floor holding the baby a dead infected next to her basically saying okay she's she's okay she's okay she's not infected you got to take her you got to kill me like don't don't let me turn into that yeah. like oh it's just the the two of them together were were really really great and again big big props to uh Mason and Druckmann for continually using their video game cast I think that's yeah. so you know as, as you know as a performer I think that's so fantastic that um knowing that these these folks were really integral to the success of this game and, and including them in this like granted in a smaller capacity but just yeah. being included it to me that's that's just such a huge thing um and you know you see how her saying that you know you how you know how long have we known each other you got to kill me and yeah. you know it's something that ellie will then have to do with her best friend you know several yeah. years later like it's yeah. just it's just a heartbreaking world but yes I, I did think it was funny when she said cover her ears and he doesn't <laughs> you know and a lot of times in action and you know in action yeah. television shows films we, we can become desensitized to to you know gunfire and explosions yeah. you know depending on how it's how it's filmed we're like yeah this is you know awesome you you forget how loud yeah. a single gunshot can be in a tiny room and you know i think they really did a great job with that like you just feel the reverberation of that bullet coming out of the gun and 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 you know killing anna i mean i thought it was just i i thought it was just such a such a strong strong opening and i mean maybe it's just in my my head canon but i'm like gosh i feel like ashley like looking at ashley johnson how it goes over to that shot of bella ramsey i'm like that really could be her mom. Like they, they, they really, in my eyes do, do kind of look alike. Yeah. I was thinking that too, later on in the episode, how much she looks a little bit like, 
Ashley Johns. Because Ashley Johns is obviously very beautiful, but she's got this weird kind of, you know, construction of her face. And so does Bella. And it kind of connects. So, yeah, you can see the shades that she could be her mom uh, for sure. And just to clarify the sequence of events, because I saw Isha asking questions about this. Anna kills the infected person, but not before she's bitten. Moments later, Ellie is born, still connected to her mother by the umbilical cord. Then she, which means the infection is in Ellie's blood already. Then she cuts the umbilical cord. So that's the sequence of events, which is why, it, see, which is not clarified in the game, uh, according to what I'm reading here in IGN. So to give that kind of fleshed out intro to how she's immune, I think it's something really fun to explore here in the series. Um, yeah, they, it says here, the fans never know how Anna died or whether she was infected. And so it, this was a fan theory. Uh, plus, we get to the letter here. Let me bring up the letter because this happens in the game. I made a picture of the letter here. This is the letter you get in the game. Ellie, I'm going to share a secret with you. I'm not a big fan of kids and I hate babies. And yet I'm staring at you and I'm just awestruck. You're not even a day old and holding you is the most incredible thing I've done in my life. A life that is about to get cut a little short. So according to IGN, a lot of fans thought that she had died of natural causes, possibly. It wasn't until the game was fully finished that people started to create these fan theories that she had given birth to Ellie after she had gotten bit by one of these cordyceps. Marlene will look after you. There's no one in this world I trust more than her. When the time comes, she'll tell you all about me. Don't give her too much of a hard time. Try not to be as stubborn as me. That didn't work out. I'm not going to lie. This is a pretty messed up world. It won't be easy. The thing you always have to remember is that life is worth living. This is something that Ellie has kind of, we see when we look back on these episodes, Shannon, with this letter, Bella Ramsey has kind of had that attitude that life is worth living. There's always trying to find the brightness amongst, amongst the madness of it all. So this may be influenced a little bit as a level as an actor there from this letter from the game. Find your purpose and fight for it. That's really interesting. Find your purpose, which is what Ellie's purpose was, was to you know make people immune to this and fight for it. So that may come into play in that second season, Shannon. I see so much strength in you. I know you'll turn out to be the woman you're meant to be. Forever your loving mother, Anna. Make me proud, Ellie. So it's, there's not make me proud, comma, Ellie. It's make me proud, period, Ellie, as if to wake her up and understand what she's saying here. And Ellie in the game, Ashley Johnson says, I'm trying to make you proud, Mom. So what mm. a powerful letter here that kind of, it's not the same as the scene, but still for the game, it fits for what's going on here. But this idea that the letter uh, gives you little hints about how this all went down is really interesting too. Well, even if she, even in the game, if she did die from natural causes, I mean, this yeah. was, this was a change that they felt they wanted to make for the show. And, you know, for my money, I think it was a, I think it was a good change that they made yeah. because you see that, um, Ellie's mom literally went out fighting, fighting for her life, fighting for the life of her daughter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I thought I, I think that was probably that was probably a good change. Now, that's a beautifully written letter. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, in, in the show, uh, Anna doesn't have time to, you know, to compose that. Um, but I think yeah. using, you know, oh, taking right, yeah. that sentiment, taking the, the message of what that is and putting that in an interaction between a mother and her newborn, I, I, I think it's, it's virtually the same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The intention for what it was meant for in the medium that it appears in and the style. Absolutely. Aisha wants to clarify. Well, what I meant was Ellie's Ellie used Ellie's used the same knife. So I think it was actually spread through the knife is what Aisha is claiming, not the bite, but could go either way. But 
everyone else, everyone I've read, it seems to be confirming that it was through the bite. So we'll see, though, in the long run when they clarify that possibly. Although I don't know how Merlene can clarify it after this end of the season, but we'll see. Anyway, we've got 193 of you watching right now. Thanks so much. Please make sure to hit a like on this video and share it on your social media later. If you're watching later, leave a comment down below as well and subscribe to the channel. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll jump into the second part of the show and we'll read some of your initial super chats right after we come back after this. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. I like that. That's good. That's very good. It, you know, it it took me all season, but I finally really <laughs> paid attention to the theme and be like, all right, I got to remember this. Uh, Jermaine saying, uh, yes, great blade origin for Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm not saying you're wrong, Aisha. I'm just, maybe both of them. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We, they we both don't know. could be true for sure. Uh, all right. Let's hit some of these uh, super chats that have come through here uh, right from the beginning of the show. Uh, and we'll jump into the section section of the show here in just a second. Francisco Lopez says, as someone who played and loved The Last of Us, which also is one of my favorite games, I really love the show. They really adapt the game very well. They got Joel, Ellie, and the side characters right. Yeah. Uh, Shannon. I, neither of us have played the game, but certainly having someone who did play the game confirm that that's a good thing. Don't you think? Absolutely. And again, you know, we, we've talked about this and I know some folks in the chat have already said it. I mean, yeah. having Neil Druckmann be so creatively involved, having it basically, basically be Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann teaming up to, 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 you know, put this story in another medium. Um, such a good idea. And hopefully this you know, a lot of times when something, you know, folks try something for the first time and it works, the the Hollywood instinct is to replicate it, but they kind of learn the wrong lessons. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully this is a good lesson that they're going to learn. Like, you know, when we watched uh, Andor, yeah. we're like, oh, you know, people love the, the 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 slower pace, the more adult take. Hopefully they don't do this with everything just because it worked for Andor. It worked for Andor because that's what Andor needed. Right. Um, you know, and with this, hopefully having a creator, uh, the original creator be more involved, um, 
that's a way to hopefully turn out the same results that this show has delivered. And obviously, I don't know Craig Mazin, but he really, at least from the interviews, he seems like a very, very collaborative guy. Yeah. So it seems like, you know, this team of Mazin and Druckmann, this was 100% the right team to bring this, you know, to bring this to, to the small screen. And when they were developing this as a feature, yeah. I, I, I am, I wonder how involved or if Neil Druckmann was involved at all. I mean, you know, looking yeah, at the, pleasure. you know, the vast nature of the show, like, I don't know how you would have whittled this down to two and a half hours and, you know, definitely away, but I, I would be curious if, um, if Druckmann was involved and if he was on board with that as well. Yeah. I probably, we probably wouldn't have gotten the Kathleen stuff and maybe not even the Sam and Henry stuff, I would imagine, but we'll, we'll maybe not. Francisco Lopez also says, I like the changes and things they added for the show. I also love the way it ended just like the games make people think about Joel's actions. Absolutely. We'll, do, we'll discuss that further in just a little bit when we get to that section. But the one big problem I have with this show is the lack of zombies. There you go, Shannon. I understand they want to tell a father and daughter story in this post-apocalyptic world but the zombies are a big part of the game yeah you're right i think they went they understood the medium they were creating this for which was tv look there are dragons in the house of dragon but there isn't a lot of dragons in the house of dragon there's just enough it's the drama between human beings that people pay attention to and come back and watch with these kinds of shows and i think in a way they took the jaws approach the less is more and it worked. The, the We heard the infected person at the beginning. We saw the infected person attack Anna. And then we see later on not that this is a thing that they want to stop somehow, some way. So there's, I felt like there was just enough for me to be satisfied. And then we'll see what happens in the second season. Because I imagine there'll be much more of that in the second season as they try to essentially hold them, hold down a fort in Wyoming. Yeah. And, you know, Obviously, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, my my assumption is that they are they are aware of how successful the show is, but they are aware that it has not escaped uh, criticism. Yeah, yeah. From some of the fans and that because, you know, when you when you make a season of television, a lot of times there isn't a guarantee of a second season. So the, yeah. they kind of want to tell the story that they want to tell, which in this case was the first game. And so knowing like, okay, we're going to get to do more. Now let's, let's, let's do more. Let's, this is going to give them the freedom to, uh, to, to use more of the infected. That would yeah. be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly they're going to get more of a budget. I would imagine to go into second season because this had been such a success and that could everybody getting a raise. That's right. It could lead to more infected be showing up. Uh, Kaylee says, Joel saying he attempted to take his own life broke me. Uh, I interviewed that Pedro lost. I read an interview that Pedro lost his mom that same way. Uh, I don't know that, so I can't confirm that. The Last of Us has really tackled hard topics, assault slash mental health, very tastefully, unlike Game of Thrones. Well, it's two different things. I mean, you know, how many mentally healthy people were there in the fantasy world of Game of Thrones at that time? If you make it correlative to our time, uh, back then, you know, which I imagine is probably the Middle Ages or whatever. So, yeah, you're not going to get the same kind of conversations, you know, healthy discussions about these kinds of things. 
Well, I, I'm guessing we'll, we'll dive into the suicide thing a little in, in this section of the show for real a little bit later. But go ahead, Shannon. Sorry. I, I am guessing, and and, and yeah. Kaylee, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm I'm guessing that especially in the earlier seasons, there were some more gratuitous aspects to some oh, of sure. the some of the storytelling of Game of Thrones, yeah, yeah, and yeah. this uh, this seems like a this was a different this was a different ball of wax that yeah, yeah. what they Sword used. Even when like they, there wasn't a ton of violence, but when you did see it, it was it was graphic. Right. So that that is what that is what I am guessing, but I could be wrong. Yeah, because I mean it's implied that David wants Ellie for a certain thing in the game, but it isn't <sighs> stated the way it is in the, the way it was last episode. Um, with that, uh, Philip Bryan, this Philip Bryan, what's up, Philip? Good to see you, man. He says the needs of the few or one versus the many. Yeah, a little Star Trek reference. Joel was wrong, in your opinion, Philip. Joel was wrong, but look, if that was my kid or step kid or sibling or someone I was entrusted to protect, I'd probably make the choice Joel did. Yeah, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna dive too deep into that until later because we've definitely, Chan and I want to have a, a you know, extensive discussion about that and get y'all's thoughts on that. But, Philip, your opinion and what you would do is registered in the show officially. So appreciate that. Andy uh, Poon. Okay. Andy says how poetic that Ashley gave birth to Ellie in the game. And also the actual baby Ellie in the show, Marlene and Anna parallel Ellie and Riley in a way. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Sure. Marlene and Anna. And of course, those are the two actual actresses who voice the two characters who are friends in the game. Merle Dandridge voicing Marlene in, in the game and also playing her live action. And Ashley Johnson playing Anna, but voiced Ellie. So having their moment together, Anna and Marlene in that room, there's a lot of weight to that as these two actresses who played Ellie and uh, Marlene in the game. So I thought that carried a lot of weight as well, Shannon. I don't think I don't think I knew that that, oh, that she okay. was the voice of Marlene in the game. Yes, so she is. Yeah, uh, you know maybe we talked about it. It's certainly possible. It was two months ago now. Yeah, <laughs> but but that's. Um, that's uh that that's awesome that that you know they they had a relationship established in one version and yeah. now get to re- revisit in this one that's awesome yeah i like that too uh real quick some stream labs here the the jake the nerd what's up jake says joel gets a hallway scene lol <laughs> dude dude rambled it like a boss i don't know how i feel about the the cliff end like i don't know how i feel about the cliff Hanger ending, though, shot for shot as it was from the game, still was jarring for me. Couldn't imagine paying $60 to get to that ending, LOL. Uh, we'll put a pin in that. We'll talk about that, Jake, for sure. Fantastic <laughs> saying, hey, Geek Buddies, I was behind Joel's decision. There you go, countering Philip. Marlene knew at the beginning of the series that she would die from the brain surgery. When Joel realized they didn't tell Ellie, he knew what had to happen. I wish he didn't lie to her at the end. Well, then that's a whole different game, man. That's a whole different thing. And probably people aren't talking about it if he doesn't lie to Ellie at the end. But I under- But I think we understand that, Shannon, for sure. Um, and yeah, the Marlene-Ellie thing, I'm gonna get- I want to get into that when we get to the third section of the show. So just let's put a pin in that as well. And Shaquille Oatmeal says, Hey, Geek Buddies, love the show. You guys always make my night better whenever you put out content. So much love to you all. My question is, do you think that once bitten, you continue to age or are there little baby fungal monsters out there? Thanks, guys. Uh, Shannon, thoughts? Little baby fungal monsters? Well, I think what they said is after you've been bitten, like once you have become infected, that on average, like you're only around for what, like a few weeks? Yeah, a few weeks. A few weeks or a couple of months or something. So 
my i mean maybe oh yeah now i'm thinking about little little dried up fungal baby what do you little baby infected yeah, yeah. that's horrible um, um i no i i it doesn't sound like there are little dried up baby infected babies out there but you know we did see that one kid uh in, yeah in the uh earlier when where was it they were in kansas yeah we saw that kansas one City, kid kind man. of you know, do her little gymnastics into the uh, into that yeah. SUV. So yeah, maybe cocaine fungal baby. Come on, let's make it happen. I like it. Let's do that as the next sequel. There. Anyway, let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, move on here to the next section of the show. And keep sending in your streamlabs and super chats. We'll answer them after the break uh, when we're done with this section of the show. So send them in. This streamlabs address is pinned in the chats in the description of this video as well. And thank you all for everyone who's been sending them in already during the show all right we cut to present day ellie who is sitting on the back of a truck there as joel calls out for her she seems distracted he brings out some chef boy rd and boggle to me he is smiling like an idiot this is a completely different joel than we've seen in the first eight episodes his guard is down it's much more wanting to curry favor with ellie uh joel talks about playing guitars they walk on from this area and he wants to teach ellie he's like seeing a possibility of this world where she essentially is replacing Sarah, which is starts to feel a little unsettling as we go along here. Uh, they have a fun back and forth about Ellie guessing what they're supposed to do before Joel says it. Joel tries to lead her down the wrong path, but then says, yeah, you're right. We're going to go up into the building and do that. But they go into the building that is bombed out. He helps her up to an area here where she has to drop a ladder down to him, but then she sees something and kind of throws the ladder down, which almost hits Joel in the face. He puts the ladder back up, climbs up it, and sees that Ellie is running up these floors. It's very symbolic, Joel being unable to catch Ellie as Ellie's running away from him. I feel like that's a little symbolism for what we're going to see in the second season, which I don't know. I haven't played the game, so I'm just you know kind of making some symbolic. And what was Ellie yelling about? Well, they get to one of these floors, and we see a giraffe eating there. Fantastic visual effects by the way uh here and the feeding of the draft she starts to feed the draft joel gives her branches to feed the draft and she's giggling she's laughing she is smiling so where we had seen ellie earlier in these scenes of this section of the show here shannon she was a bit kind of caught up and distracted and distant well clearly she survived an almost near rape from david they are very close to salt lake city so she's actually pondering what this might mean ellie's no fool she's smart so she probably thinks this surgery might kill her. So she's in a way distracted and distant processing that, but also uh, confronted with this new feeling of the connection between her and Joel. So there's a lot going on. So it's cool and tough and is no nonsense and cuss wording uh, a girl that she is. She's still a young teenager processing this stuff. We have to factor that in. Anyway, she's, uh, she's laughing and smiling. They go up to another level. We see a bunch of giraffes out there walking in the ve vegetation, essentially nature taking back what the humans took from them. She call and then she makes a comment about you can't argue with the viewer. You can't beat the view, which is, of course, episode two uh, there when she's on the roof with Joel at the museum. Joel tries to convince Ellie not to go through with this thing. Joel, now this is the first indication that Joel actually cares about Ellie or loves Ellie in a way that he does not want Ellie like he's given her the out where he had seen your car go. I just taken you from place to place. We got to finish this out. He's the one now who's hesitating. Ellie says that they, it all can't be for nothing. They have to see this thing out. And she says after that, they can go wherever they want. She'll follow him wherever he goes, which really moves Joel. Like it moves Joel. 
And then they're walk later on, they're walking through an emergency medical camp back on the ground that was set up by the army. And uh, Joel now wants to kind of unburden himself and talks to Ellie um, about his near suicide. And he reveals that he was the guy who shot and missed his own head. He talks about this near suicide after Sarah died, said he didn't want to go on. But then he flinched when he pulled the trigger and he doesn't know why. Um, Ellie says she's happy he did. And he says he is too. She says time heals all wounds. And then Joel drops his heavy stuff on her and says it wasn't time and looks her straight in the eye. And you see Ellie processing that, Shannon. She really takes that in. But it's a lot to take in in that moment, which is also focusing on the almost near rape that she had and what she had to do and kill that dude. And then also what's going to happen here with her with the cordyceps. Um, and he basically reveals that she has helped him heal from the loss of Sarah. Uh, uh, they're walking. Uh, so she absorbs it and they, they start to walk. They tell puns to each other when a concussion grenade is thrown near them and goes off. The fireflies come upon them, take Ellie and knock out Joel. So let's stop here. Shannon, your thoughts on this whole sec- section here where uh, Ellie is kind of just distant and distracted a little bit, processing all this stuff, the joy with the giraffe, Joel trying to, to convince her to maybe not do this, maybe even go back to Tommy's and hang out there at the fort, and then Joel revealing his near suicide, saying that she's the one that helped him get over Sarah, uh, and then the concussion grenade knocking them out and, jo- and Ellie being taken from Joel. Once again, Joel not being able to protect Ellie from a threat one more time. I mean, to start off with that, you know, thousand yard stare yeah. that she had and we could hear, you know, we could hear uh, Joel's voice in the distance. Like, you know, a, a lot of films have employed this. Um, yeah. the, the the thing that I think of is like Tom Hanks and Saving Private Ryan, um, you know, when he when he gets a little uh, gets his uh, bell rung in there at the beginning. Yeah. And things are just so so they sound so far away. Um, watching Joel kind of i don't want to say overdo it but it's like he's finally the yeah. the, the, the 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 floodgates are open yeah. for for joel emotion and you see how much he's he just wants her he just wants her to feel better right and that's something that you know uh, uh you you probably see with a lot of parents who are dealing with a hurt child whether yeah. it might be a scrape on the knee or getting their heart broken all your parents want to do in, in in some cases is just make their kid feel better yeah and that's all he's trying he's doing anything he can to cheer up we got some chef boy rd we got boggle <laughs> you want to beat me at a game you're gonna beat you're gonna be able to beat me at this game yeah. you know as they get into that structure like again i would have to assume and and you know feel free to correct me that that i, I would think that this was out of the game um oh, as, is, i didn't know, see she, anything in the reviews where it was in the game but i'm sure it is yeah where she gives him the ladder and and she's kind of running ahead yeah and <laughs> having played some other you know video games like i i know this type of level where you're trying to keep up with this person who's just out of reach yeah but yeah, then yeah. watching that th- this interaction with this this you know again this thing that she's only ever read about like seeing it up close like that was the thing to kind of you know bring her bring her out of this you know ptsd stupor that she has um watching again the the relationship between them is so tender and even like the whole thing about uh no we're actually i found some dynamite back there we're gonna blow this up (laughs) (laughs) 
She's like, what, really? <laughs> it was just, it was just so, again, it was just so, so uh, sweet. And then as you get into those revelations where he's talking about the fact that he did, he did try to take his own life. Like we've seen this a lot yeah. in the series where someone gets to a point where it's like, okay, I'm, um, um, I, I've, I've run my race. I've reached the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you think about, uh, you know, Nick Offerman's character is just like, all right, there's, right. there's no, there's no life without you. So yeah. let's go out together. And granted, they're, they're very different situations in that the guy, these guys were able, they were able to grow old together. Well, um, yeah, but love is the core of both of those situations, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so, it, it's so funny how he gets into, like, he, he, I mean, he asks for the, the, the pun book. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> that, I mean, that meteor joke, I was just like, that's, Joel is wrong. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is a, that is a top tier dad joke. <laughs> but, but again, just watching this connection that they have. And again, the whole thing, he just, he just wants her to feel better and he'll do, He'll do whatever he can. And then the whole idea, like I did not take it as she was contemplating her, her mortality oh, okay. with whatever they're going to do. Because remember with, with uh, Sam, yeah. you know, she literally cut her hand open. Like my blood, like she right. thinks it's in her blood. Like my blood is medicine. Right. It didn't work, but also I, you know, pouring blood into a wound isn't necessarily going to, going to do anything. Um, Like, you know, doctors, equipment, yeah, they're the ones that'll be able to, you know, best weaponize that. I think it was more when he was saying, uh, you know, we don't have to do this. I think it was less that I don't know what they're going to do to you. Mm. But the further they get away from the safety of Tommy and his town. Yeah, uh, it, it's just it's just more danger. There's no guarantee that they're not going to run into another group like David's. Yeah. Yeah. So the further they get from from guaranteed safety, the more of a risk it is. And remember, when they went to the university to look for those Fedra or not Fedra, yeah. the Firefly scientists, they were gone. Yeah. There's no guarantee when they get there to Utah that they're they may have moved on to the next spot. So I think first and foremost, he wants her to be okay, and where she's gonna be okay, he knows for sure is if he can get her back to Tommy. Right. Right. Yeah. Good point, Sandra. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think Bella Ramsey does some fantastic work here in what she's showing you and what she's processing as we see her through this section of the show and what she's confronting. And then when Joel and her are on, or when uh, Pedro Pascal and her and Bella Ramsey are on the roof and, you know, kind of looking out on these drafts, but look how just look how her face is just kind of like, you know, kind of ponder. She can't even fully dive into the joy of this because she's focusing on any number of things that are going on in her mind in that moment. And so, you know, you're right. He's trying to cheer her up. And I think Cheryl in the chat astutely pointed out uh, that uh, uh, the roles have reversed, where it's been Ellie trying to cheer up Joel for a majority of the season, where you could argue seven out of the previous eight episodes, it's now Joel trying to cheer up Ellie. It's Joel trying to show Ellie that there's another path, that there's another way through. And you know, trying to, you know, pulls out the pun joke. And remember when, when uh, four episodes ago or three episodes ago, he's like, you can go wait in the car if you're going to start with puns. I don't want to have any puns. But now he's the one pulling it out. And it almost feels like he's sending her off to college, right? She's caught up in the sadness that she's going to be missing her family, missing her friends. And, you know, he's almost like driving her to college, to Salt Lake City to college, saying like, okay, you know, we, you don't have to go. You can always stay at home and we can figure something out. And, you know, so it almost feels that a little bit like dad daughter type thing, which 
That's what struck me throughout this whole thing. And I think you're right, Shannon, even though you don't want to say it. He overdoes it. He hasn't had a daughter in 20 years, Shannon. He's bound to overdo it. Um, and we'll get to this in the next section, but it brought to me shades of vertigo. You know how James Stewart in that movie wants to turn Kim Novak into that woman from the beginning so he can essentially recreate the fantasy life he had had with that woman from the beginning with this woman who portrayed her as a as a um as a trick on James Stewart and we're starting to see that Joel wants Ellie to take the place of Sarah and that can be a little weird and you start really messing with trauma and healing and all of that when you're trying to make someone else replace someone you've lost so just it's unsettling how quickly Joel once that switch was flipped, he is a completely different person. And we see this and phenomenal acting yet again from Pedro Pascal in this as well. Yeah, I don't think that this is an I don't think he's actively doing that. I think this is a subconscious thing. Oh, 100 percent. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, okay. Okay. We're seeing it from the outside as he's overdoing it. But in his mind, he thinks he's doing all the right things to kind of absolutely you know, make her feel absolutely. Better. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was Sarah's dress. Put this dress. <laughs> Put this. Yeah, no, no. I don't mean that. Again. That's going too far. It's shades of vertigo, not full on vertigo. Yeah. <laughs> Want to make that clear? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Cheryl says, this, "Enmeshment and codependency." I can't wait for a psychologist to break down this show on YouTube. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure they will. Uh, all right. Anything more to say on this section, uh, Shannon? For right now, or are we good to go? I think we got it. Okay. All right. Let's uh, take a quick break and then we'll jump back into the show, but we'll read your super chats and stream labs uh, right after we take this quick break right here. Just the last of us. Oh my God. We can make it if we try. Just the last of us. You and I. <laughs> I figured we're, you know, we're, it's going to be a while before we do one of these again. <laughs> Get it out one more time. Why not? It was damn good. I'm not going to deny you, man. Um, all right, let's hit some of these Streamlabs and Super Chats that have come through. Uh, we appreciate you all sending in any support that you got for us here as we do these reviews. Um, so Spell Go says, what do you call an alligator in a vest? What is oh, the my pun? gosh. What is the pun on that? Is there an answer from Spell Go? I don't see an answer in the chat. What's an alligator in a vest? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Somebody, I was going to say go Mr. Alligator. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> gotta be a pun, right? Someone's got to pun it. Anyway, all right. Uh, spell go, put it in the chat and, and I'll answer it. I'll put it up here. All right. This Philip Bryan uh, says, in my opinion, Bella and Pedro just set the bar for the Emmys and that bar is damn high. Yeah. Shannon, uh, would you agree with that? I, I mean, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Looking, <laughs> sorry, the answer just was came the up. answer there. An, an an investigator. Oh lord, <laughs> terrible. That's funny. Terrible. <laughs> um, I, you know what? Yes, I, I think I think they're both probably going to be nominated. Not that we need to get into a whole Oscars conversation, yeah, but right, right. knowing that um, certain genres are are might be getting yeah. skipped over it's like oh boy um yeah i mean i think at the beginning of the season i had said that pedro pascal is doing award-winning work whether or not that work is going to be recognized with an award with an award that yeah. that remains to be seen right. by the end i'm like yeah i think they i think they're both definitely going to be nominated um and I sure think Bella Ramsey has a really I mean not and not to say that Pedro Pascal doesn't but I think yeah. Bella Ramsey has a really strong shot 
at uh, bringing home a trophy or two. That's the lady at Bear Lake, man. Love her. Love Love Bella. Uh, Andy Poon says, do we know how long it has been since David? Joel seems fully healed. I took it that Ellie seemed distance distance because of the uncertainty of what happens when the journey ends more so than about David. Well, you're a dude. I'm a dude. Shannon's a dude. A number of women responded to my reaction last night when I recorded and said that she would absolutely be processing that situation. So I'm going to default to the women in this uh, uh, situation here and say, if if women say Ellie was probably processing that near rape and near possible subjugation to a man like that, uh, I'm going to say, yes, that was probably going through her mind along with all these other things as well. Certainly you never know how something like that can trigger a woman, even if it wasn't fully consummated. So for lack of a better term, just the idea of all of that and what she had to do in order to escape that that's trauma upon trauma upon trauma. So I'm sure that's still resonating within her uh, for sure, Andy. So, but I, I understand how you might not think that, but I, I'm, uh, I'm going to defer to the women on this one. Janet, anything on, on that? Yeah. I mean, I like knowing where they were in the previous episode, just yeah. the, the climate, how snowy it was. Um, it seems like a little bit of time would have passed for them to, you know, get, get further South to where it's not either the the season has passed or they're getting far enough South that, that they're passing that weather. So I would say, you know, a little bit, a couple weeks, maybe, Yeah, but again, uh, an experience like that, I, I imagine would, uh, would stay with you for a while. Yeah, Elise Deals uh, here. Thanks for joining us, Elise. Always, uh, she's great. Uh, she said she would be a zombie PTSD. Aisha saying once something like that happens to you, you're never the same. So uh, there you go. Jermaine Seth Smith saying it was still assault for sure. And uh, Cheryl saying it was also more than just possibility of rape. Violence is not her true nature. Pretty sure she had a complete psychotic break with rage, terror, and anger. That's an excellent point, Cheryl, you bring up. Sure, for her to have to go to that place to you know, unleash the fury she unleashed on David at the end. It wasn't just killing him. She essentially turned his face into mush. And what does that do to you when you do that? And what you remember, David said, you're just like me. You've got a violent heart. So how much of that is she also processing? Because he might've been right. Is she thinking about that? Remember, this is still a teenager for all coolness that, that uh, Ellie is. She's still a teenager processing all that stuff so um all right let's see if we got any more okay we got a couple of streamlabs that came through thank you so much jim fan says it can be seen as selfish but i get joel's decision he couldn't stomach another loss similar to sarah he's attached to ellie but another reason i don't think people consider is even with a vaccine after 20 years of decline would that really bring back humanity back to a normal level as well excellent point Excellent point. Let's put a pin in that as well, Jim. We will circle. We will be circling back to all of these after we finish this next section of the show. Uh, uh, Jake, the Jake, the nerd says, "Welp, was worth it hearing Shannon sing just the last of us." <laughs> Wait, the giraffe was CG. I mean, I know the ones in the background probably were, but holy freaking crap! Yeah, Pedro and Bella will write their tickets to the Emmys for sure. Season two is gonna be nuts look i just assumed it was cg i don't think they get I, a real giraffe. i think it was, it was real? real shit really i all i right. think okay all right i'm gonna all right maybe it was real i don't know those green tongues <laughs> sticking out that seems kind of scary to me but all right maybe it will be 
Um, all right, let's move on to the last section here of the show. And so send in your Streamlabs and Super Chats here to have the larger conversation about the about what Joel's decision is here uh, as we uh, go into this last section of the show. Uh, Joel wakes up in this bed after having been knocked out to see Marlene. Marlene says she owes him and didn't think that she ever would. She didn't want to be in debt to someone like Joel. Uh, she tells him, because he asks about Ellie, that Ellie is getting prepped for surgery. Marlene explains that their doctor believes the cordyceps have been with Ellie since birth and produces a kind of chemical messenger. It makes normal cordyceps think she's cordyceps, which makes her immune. Now, that's much more of a discussion and explanation than we got in the game. So that's another difference from the game here. They're much more clear about what it is. In the game, it's in her blood and is kind of um, evolved with her blood. Here, we're going to find out what it really means. Um, uh, the doctor is going to remove it from her, reproduce those cells in a lab, and give them to everyone. It could be a cure, she says. Joel realizes, though, that cordyceps grow inside the brain and realizes that Ellie will die. Joel wants to see her, but they won't let him. Marlene say, reveals that she didn't give Ellie a choice and didn't tell her because she didn't want her uh, to maybe, I would say in my mind, maybe make a decision not to do it or what have you. Uh, they knock out Joel when he tries to come for uh, Marlene. Marlene, she has, says she has no other choice but to do this. Joel says he does have a choice. Marlene tells her people to walk him out to the highway, leave him with his pack, and gives them the same knife that Anna gave Marlene to give to Ellie that Ellie has been messing with this whole time to give to Joel. She says if he tries anything, shoot him. They lead him out. But Joel kills the two dudes on the stairwell in a moment and then systematically kills every firefly in his way until he gets to Ellie in the surgery. He comes on in there. The doctor says he won't let him take her. He says that's fine and headshots the doctor without hesitation. Joel tells the nurses to unhook Ellie, has them turn around, doesn't kill them, though, picks up Ellie and walks out with her. And as they get to the parking garage, who comes around the corner but Marlene with a gun tells Joel that, uh, you know, we can still turn around. We can still make this happen even after all the things you've done here, killing everybody. Eventually, Ellie will get killed. He cannot keep saving her. And we've got to do this so she can save the world. Joel thinks it's bullshit that Ellie didn't get a choice in the matter, which is very interesting. Because uh, Joel later on said, uh, earlier episodes said, well, you, you know, you get to have a choice. You should have a choice in the matter when he's talking about this world and all the things that she has to endure. Uh, Marlene says there's still a way to save her. And then we cut to Joel in the truck with uh, Ellie here. She wakes up and then we flash back to Joel killing Marlene in the parking garage. Uh, he shoots her in the stomach. Uh, she's <sighs> trying to, when she's lowering the gun saying we can make this happen, he just shoots her in the stomach right off the bat. He lies to Ellie to tell her that there were dozens of people like her, but that the doctors couldn't make it work and there is no cure now. We cut to Marlene crawling on the floor. He walks up to her and she's begging for her life, saying, wait, 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 don't kill me, don't kill me. Uh, we can make this work. And he says, no, you'll just keep coming after her. And he headshots her as well. So it's fucking brutal. Um, and I said, and I wrote this down, so interesting when you think of the headshot she gave, that Marlene gave Anna in the beginning, because once she turned she too might not stop coming after them as an infected person. Uh, we cut to them heading, uh, Joel, and Ed, he, uh, Joel and Ellie heading into Wyoming. Their truck breaks down. They have to walk the rest of the way to some place here, which is a five-hour hike, just like he did with Sarah and like he has done with Ellie before. 
They cut to the hike. Joel is lost in his trauma over the loss of Sarah now. He is just talking about Sarah willingly and freely. You know, three episodes ago, he threatened her for even mentioning her. Now he's just freely opening up about her. Talks about the differences between them, that girly girl versus not a girly girl. Uh, And they come to a clearing as they walk up this mountain. They're about to head down, but Ellie stops him. And this is exactly how it happens in the game. She tells him the story of her and Riley and how she Riley was the first person she had to kill. Uh, and Joel says, you have to keep going. You may not want to hear this. That is what you have to do. And remember, Joel had said that it was family that kept him going when Ellie asked him about it. But clearly, Joel, whether he wants to agree with it or not, is a survivalist. I think that's why he flinched when he didn't kill himself. I think that's why he just finds a way to survive. And when that switch happens and his life feels threatened or someone he loves feels threatened, He will kill everybody on the goddamn earth to save that person. He is built this way, even though he wants, he doesn't want to admit it to himself. And then Ellie says, you don't get it. And she asks Joel if he was telling the truth about everything that happened back in the hospital, because Joel claims that there were raiders that came in. He barely got her out. They killed everybody uh, and all of this stuff. And he says, and she says, swear to me that everything you said about the fireflies is true. There's a slight beat, and he says, I swear. And then there's another beat from her. She says, okay. And then we go to black frame. And this is kind of crazy when you think about it because she probably doesn't believe him. But at this point, with all she's been processing, to add on to it, the idea that the purpose of her life was taken away by the one person she has grown to love the most in the world is a colossal mindfuck to unravel at this point in her life. But it teases an incredible amount of things that we're going to experience, I imagine, Shannon, in season two. So let's talk about it. This whole finale in the hospital, Marlene and Joel, Marlene, uh, Joel and Ellie, and then Joel lying to Ellie and Ellie accepting the lie, dot, 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 for now. So... I totally thought Marlene was dead <laughs> from season one. <laughs> so seeing her in the flashback, I'm like, oh, that's cool. They brought her back. And then when he wakes up and sees her, I'm like, huh, boy, I, I, I misread that. <laughs> you know, really, really nice work between the two of them. Oh, yeah. And, and again, her recognizing the change in him and also how it does take a second. Yeah. how when he's like wait a minute this grows in the brain it's like yeah you're gonna do you're gonna remove this thing from her brain and it's like she's not saying we have to sacrifice her to make this work it's yeah. all it's all what's gonna happen it's all the results and jo- and her telling joel like you know she doesn't know like we immediately did this yeah you know you did a great job thanks um watching him processing that like one he's coming off a you know a rifle butt to the to the head but also just just the way he's putting it together like no 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 that that that's that's not gonna work because one not only is she going under the knife for this who knows if this would be successful right like at, right. at this point like who who says you can do this is all theoretical like you've right. never done anything like this your doctor thinks this like yeah. h- how do you know so watching marlene's change when she can see like okay this he is going to be a problem so telling her guys 
one giving the knife, which obviously yeah. he knows this is Ellie's. It's like here, here's here's your keepsake, which and is he, just she like, promised him money, supplies, batteries, all these things, and all she can give him is a fucking knife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, as those guys are are walking him out, yeah. um, this is the one area that I'm like. I I would have been a little more um, morally torn, Mm -hmm. Um, but because they're kind of pushing him saying, you know, go move. I think if those guys had been nice, yeah, (laughs) like, Hey man, we got to go like, sorry, we got to go. I think I would have been a little more, little more morally turned, but torn, but because they were kind of being dicks, (laughs) it was just like, yeah, those guys, you know, kill him joel <laughs> um watching the the way that the director shot this like with that kind of with that somber music and you're just seeing as you pointed out already john kind of the dead eyes that joel has as he is just going through just laying waste to that hospital he's in the red and zone then, bro he's in the red zone bro yeah <laughs> yeah wait that's i think that's from isn't that from the giraffes Oh, maybe. he's got he's got the rifle. Oh, he's got the rifle. Sorry. Yeah. But anyway, there's there's, there's stuff missing there. <laughs> but, you know, just watching again as an action fan, you yeah. were so invested in this. We're so we, we want him. We want him to get yeah. to Ellie because as it's being presented, like these guys are the these are these are being presented as bad guys. Like yeah. we're not thinking about the fact that they are literally trying to save the world. But there really isn't a world left to be saved i yeah. mean it's not it it doesn't seem like it's the uh uh infected that have torn the world down it's it's ultimately people yeah. again who have done it it's like you know that that uh, uh trying to fill that vacuum of power yeah um i think it's when he gets to the operating room that's where things get get hard because you can see the doctor grab a scalpel on a guy with a gun, yeah. which is just like, and he's like, y- you're not taking her like this in his mind's eye. This is the thing that could turn, that yeah. could turn the world around. Yeah. Now, according to one of my buddies who I talked to today, um, when you're playing the game, yes, it is up to you to continue at that point because the doctor, according to them, yes. the doctor does not rush you. Like no. it's up, like you have to kind of make that decision to kill the doctor. Let, let, so let me have a moment here with the game. You're absolutely it. right, Shannon. Um, Neil Druckmann, when they were testing the game, um, found that people did not want to kill the doctor and they would spend hours looking for any other way out of this situation. And they never did. These are all people who are not fathers. The fathers killed the doctor way quicker than any, than the people who weren't fathers. That's what he found out when he was testing the game. So you're right. You either kill the doctor or you die yourself or turn off the game. There is no other option in the game. You cannot end in a heroic way. You either have to kill the doctor or kill your or let yourself be killed. There is no other way out of the game. Or you can turn it off, I guess, and not finish it. But, yeah, those are the options. So you're absolutely right to bring that up in the game. So that's why you're left with that feeling of like, well, fuck, what if I, 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 I thought this guy was a hero. And now you're seeing what you really have to do in order to protect someone you love in the context of the game and in the context of this show. Right. I mean, so that's the moment. I mean, yeah. and the fact that there is 
zero negotiation. He just, yeah. as you said, he just headshots him right away. And I had, I had heard that one of the nurses is, mm-hmm. is uh, the actress is in the sequel is in the game. That's Laura Bailey. That's who you're talking about. Yeah. She play, she voices over a very big character uh, in the second season uh, or in the uh, last of us part two, she is there. Uh, it's Abby. That's the, uh, that's the name of the character that Laura ba- Bailey voices over, but yes, she is one of the nurses and she survives. They don't kill her. So there is a witness to this whole thing uh, who might play an interesting role in the second season, man. So we shall Again, see. Yeah, yeah. Awesome that they're using that voice cast. That's yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Um, as he's, you know, taking Ellie out to the car, um, like, I don't know how similar this is to the game, but I feel yeah. like the dialogue that they give her is to me very deliberately um, villainizing when she says Marlene's dialogue, Marlene's dialogue. When she says, I believe she says you can't protect her forever. Yeah. Right. Like to me, that type of line is like, no question. You're a bad guy. Right. You know, (laughs) bad guys. That's something a villain says, like you can't protect this forever. Like insinuating that protecting something is, is not good. Right. Um, so watching Joel just kind of, you know, put an end to that, put an end to that conversation yeah. and what <laughs> going to, you know, when we, you know, I know we get to the car, but then it flashes back. Yeah. Um, knowing that he shoots her in the stomach, like maybe, you know, he's shooting from the hip because he's holding, holding right. uh, Ellie, right. but shooting someone in the stomach, as I've read is one of the most painful places you can be shot and granted you know yeah. he immediately is that is that incorrect john no no you're right. what i'm saying to you is you're shooting a woman in the stomach that's where she has the baby so there's a lot of levels upon levels on the idea of her sh- of him shooting her in the stomach to debilitate her so great point. right yeah well and then you know she kind of granted you there's a lot of things you'll agree to when you have yeah. a bullet in your stomach yeah but true. we we see her change change your story like no 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 you don't have to do you, like she doesn't want to die and she severely miscalculated with yeah. Joel yes. that that even though like, yes, he has formed this emotional connection, that Terminator that he can turn into is still very much there. And so to watch him headshot again, headshot a woman yeah. who is already down, but knowing like, nope, you're just going to keep coming for her. Bang. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the scene with Ellie in the car, you know, she knows right away that something something is not making sense. Yeah. When she's sitting he, outside the truck rubbing her arm, she is really processing it, coming out of the drugs and understanding something is off here. Yeah. Well, I think even in the car. Oh, because, really? Okay. Yeah, because she, when he says, turns out there's dozens of people like you, yeah. it didn't work. They're not going to, they have stopped looking for a cure. Yeah. And then she says, where are my clothes? And it's like, well, Raiders. And it's like, yeah, he's just that doesn't up. seem like, it seems like things are coming out of order. Yeah. Um, so right off the bat, I mean, we've established how intelligent Ellie is. Like yeah. right, right off the bat, even though she's coming out of, um, you know, the drugs, it's like something's, something's not right. Yeah. Like something is off. And how heartbreaking 
I mean, again, agree the whole thing with Sarah. Like, yeah, that was weird. Like, well, you know what? You you guys would have been friends. This would have been great. It's like, yeah. ah, gosh, okay. This this is kind of this is kind of uncomfortable to watch. Vertigo. But there we go. Yeah. <laughs> but that moment where she basically calls him on the carpet and be like, yeah. you know, you you have to is what you're telling me is that the truth? And when he says, as you said, like he he says it is, and okay, and bang, like what a. What an incredible, what an incredible ending, which granted, you know, that that was from the game, yeah. but just awesome. Just so, so, so satisfying as a viewer. Yeah. Some people commenting that he doesn't kill the nurses in the chat, which, right. It's very interesting. Doesn't get, was his mom a nurse? Is it because they helped him? Uh, what are the reasons? Is it because it's supposed to feed into some storyline in season two? We shall see, but it's very interesting that he didn't kill the nurses but I think he kills Marlene because he sees Marlene as essentially equal because they're all warriors in this situation. And they've all done probably terrible things to survive in the ways that they have. And so he sees her as an equal and he knows Marlene's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. And let's discuss Marlene for a second, Shannon. I want to talk about this because remember, she doesn't want to take Ellie at the beginning of the this episode when we see her birth from Anna probably because she thinks Ellie is infected. So mm-hmm. I imagine that she has, and so I saw this in other reviewers as well, which I, I had to thought, I was thinking about it last night, but then seeing other reviewers kind of confer- saying the same thing, kind of converted for me. I imagine that she has created a bond with Ellie, but she has watched over Ellie because she sees Ellie as a possible cure and she is willing to sacrifice Ellie. She's willing to kill, kill Ellie at her birth and she's also willing to kill Ellie in this situation to save humanity. So, but doesn't give her a choice, which I think is speaks volumes about Marlene. She does not give Ellie the choice. That's the mistake. Telling Joel yeah. is the other mistake. Not killing Joel is the third mistake. That's three strikes and you're out. Joel <laughs> would have absolutely killed Marlene if the situation was reversed. You yes. know he would have. His ruthlessness Agreed. enough to kill her to make sure this happened. I mean... If Sarah could live and Ellie had to die, Marlene would be dead within a split second. So, I mean, that's the difference here. And I think because Marlene does not see Ellie the way Joel sees Ellie and maybe never has seen Ellie the way Joel sees Ellie, that's why she can't make the more ruthless decisions to kill. You know, some of the people in the chat are saying, as a mother or as a father, that are people in our chat are saying that they are mothers and fathers. They would absolutely make the same decision. So that's the thing that you see here. And I think when you look at the, I was, I wanted to pull this up to kind of compare this moment. I got you, baby girl is the same emotion that's here when he's carrying her out, when he's killing everyone in this way, when he's holding her, it is the same emotion and drive and impetus. So I think it's a fantastic fuck with the viewers thing to take. I got you, baby girl, which everyone was emotional about including my co-host Shannon McClung last week and turning it around to see what the dark sides are of this kind of love, which we wanted them to have. Now we're like, Oh fuck. Should we have wanted them to have this? If this was the end result. So a lot of questions up in the air, but Marlene, I think is the one that didn't have this connection with Ellie, even though this is the daughter of her best friend. She has always kind of feared her or kept at a distance, but watched her. And then when she was ready to use her, she pawns her off on someone else to get her across country. 
And she even says to Joel, I didn't think you were going to make it. It's a pretty big shock that you made it. So she may have even expected Ellie to die with Joel, but didn't want the responsibility of her dying under her watch. So it's just fascinating to con- to really kind of contemplate uh, Marlene's motivations throughout this whole process. Well, I think it's it's living in this new world, yeah. right? I mean, who, who knows what Anna and Marlene's relationship was like prior to well, the outbreak? They seem to be real tight friends, from what they right, were sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yes, they're absolutely, you know, good, you know, friends. But would is this it, this is a Marlene who has lived in this world, who has seen what it takes to survive in this world. Yeah, yeah. And even though, like, as you said, like right off the bat, the fact that Ellie could be like, she views it like she could be infected. Like she doesn't want yeah, to take yeah. that baby. It's like, look, you got bit yeah. when you were pregnant, you know, dollars to donuts. This, this kid is, is infected as well. And then yeah. she, it's like, as you said, she, watched over her like she didn't raise her the fact that ellie was in a fedra school like she put her in fedra school it's the type of thing she was she was her minder she was not her parent whereas joel in a very very short granted very short concentrated amount of time joel became her dad right And, and that's and i think that's the difference yeah yeah right there was a yeah exactly there's a connective tissue there uh, with that situation and a lot of people i say isha pointing this out that joel carried um ellie the way he carried sarah in the opening episode so mirroring that kind of calling that back um is interesting to consider when you look at that moment there and this uh moment here carrying her in the same way although of course ellie's knocked out from the drug sarah is not but just that I, I, you can imagine that those triggers are there for him, which I thought was fantastic to see in the connective tissue between them for sure. So really, really interesting stuff uh, to consider. What do you think of Joel's decision? Let's get to the elephant in the room, Shannon. What is your feeling as you are watching him just go fucking blank, go John Wick and just kill, although John Wick has a little more style, but go full <laughs> blank and just wipe out all these motherfuckers uh, these well, I, mean, I saw some people complaining in some of the reviews and on social media that like, um, it's kind of crazy that Joel would go Terminator on these very well trained and well equipped fireflies. Eh, do we know that that equipped? And remember, Joel has killed a bunch of fireflies in Kansas City, so it ain't nothing for Joel to be killing fireflies. I imagine twenty years alive, he's killed quite a few fireflies. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I guess I was not uh, the 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 moral issues <laughs> did not bother me as much because oh, again really? all the people wow. not really Damn. that's his, that's his kid yeah that's his kid in his and, mind and, that's his kid right yeah that's that's his She's daughter no longer cargo she is his no kid. Yep, yeah. no she is she is that's that's his that's his child in there yeah. so to me that made perfect sense because again you don't know if this is going to work. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let you kill my child on a maybe like yeah. that's, that's insane. Like what, a, again, what an incredible miscalculation on your part. Yeah. Um, but, and I think like he didn't kill the nurses because the nurses weren't a threat. Right. The guy, everyone that he killed was armed. Yeah. And the doctor, I mean, granted the doctor grabbed a, 
scalpel when again yeah. he's got a gun um the doctor made it very clear like you're not taking her like he yeah. he was taking he was taking a stand yeah. and that's all joel needed to to pull that trigger so again i'm i'm not a parent yeah. um but i know uh, you know i have i i have nephews i have nephews my my sister is a parent i have friends who are parents and whatever reasonable uh, uh, action some people might think like, well, no, this could save the world. I think reason when you're, when you're a parent reasons out the window, Yeah. the reason yeah. your reason is your child. Your reason is, is, you know, your son, your daughter, your offspring. Um, th- there's no negotiating with a parent when it comes to the safety of their kid. Right. Right. Well, and that's the thing that sometimes we have to confront, you know, we confronted that in, in Marvel, right? Like, Captain America a lot of times chooses Bucky over the <laughs> Avengers. I've said this many, many times. It bothers me a lot with Steve Rogers. He chooses his best friend, who is selfishly his last connection to the 1940s, because um, uh, What's-Her-Face dies. Uh, Agent Carter dies in the second Captain America movie. What's-Her-Face? So- Peggy Carter. You put some hey, respect on that name, sir. Agent Carter dies, um, you know, but apparently he can make out with a granddaughter. Anyway, the, the whole situation is that he chooses to save Bucky um, and doesn't tell Tony what Bucky did, hides it from Tony. And then when Tony finds out, it's such a massive betrayal. So we do that, you know, and so you have to ask yourself, would I sacrifice someone I so deeply love for the rest of humanity? Right. The old Star Trek t- thing, which this Philip Brian Butler brought up as well. Uh, this Philip Butler brought up rather when he said the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the needs of the few outweigh the needs of the many. And so funny because we just had the episode of Picard that was called uh, um, the no win scenario. So kind of referencing that again, the Kobayashi Maru. And so <laughs> this thing is here as well, where, where Spock says that to to Kirk and they have a back and forth about it throughout the Wrath of Khan. So, yeah, it's just so interesting. But the other aspect of this, and we would be remiss to ignore it, is. She is not his child. She is not his blood. She is someone that he was tasked with taking care of. And he's almost, and he's just now made the connection with her. So how much of this is his trauma about Sarah? And how much of this is really about his love for Ellie? So the the motivations get real muddy here, Shannon, when you're looking at a guy who, you know, was processing his trauma, Tommy telling him you're still not over it 20 years later. Like people have moved on with their lives. And you're still stuck back in 2003. We've all moved on, but you're still stuck in, in you know, like a, like a car in mud. And now that she's here, there is this, that's never going to happen again. And I just think that's where Joel becomes a much more interesting and dangerous character as we go into season two, which will be real fascinating to unpack. I mean, you know, it, it, it is kind of impossible to separate those yeah. two, the fact yeah. that, uh, you know, they they went on a very, again, a very concentrated yeah. journey together. You, you look at what they what they have been through yeah. as a team, as 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 partners. Like, again, as you said, she started off as cargo. She yeah. Yeah. she she turned into his partner. Now she's his now she's his child. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally understand the substitution argument that. Yeah. It's like okay, she's she's now filling she's filling the Sarah void, right. but I I don't think I I don't think yeah 
Don't you think he's going to become overprotective and want to watch everywhere she's going, who she's hanging out with, and what she's doing? He is going to be insane to deal with in season two. He's going to be a helicopter parent. Is what yes, he is. <laughs> yes, a post-apocalyptic helicopter parent. Yeah, apocalyptic um, helicopter parent. Yes, correct. <laughs> no, I disagree with you there. I, okay. I think if they're if they're in a situation again, if they go back to Tommy, yeah, I, I think if they're in a situation where he feels they're safe and granted i understand the already the the qualifying nature of that statement yeah um if he feels they're safe no he he is all about like you know go do your thing he sees that he sees that she she is a capable she's a capable young woman she's in a situation now where she is utterly helpless because she's knocked out and and was not given the full lay of the land before she got knocked out yeah yeah, so but also i mean i want to uh, credit Brian here. F- found family can be just as real and connected as blood family. Oh, of course. I mean, of course, of course. Especially in this world they have constructed, where you cannot trust anyone. Right. That when you find when you find those rare connections, yeah, you hold on to them with a death grip. Yeah, I'm not in any way saying you know someone adopted or found family or whatever. I'm not saying that's any less love. I'm just saying with this character. In this relationship with this Joel, there is other factors that muddy the water a little bit. Rather than seeing this as heroic, there is a way you can see this as selfish, as needy. And remember, he doesn't give Ellie the choice either. He doesn't tell Ellie, well, we could go back and you could do this thing. They didn't want to give you the choice. I'm giving you the choice. Do you want to go back? He wants to keep her alive for his own selfish needs, in my opinion, which is the Sarah thing. It doesn't remove the fact that he is tr- he saves her because he loves her I, or thinks he's saving her because he loves her. I get that. Saving her life, he is. But also, he may be keeping her alive because of his selfish desire to not lose another Sarah again in his life. Because he says that to her where they're sitting on the concrete uh, embankment there. It wasn't time that healed this wound. And he looks straight at her. He doesn't look away. He doesn't like look around or look down. He looks right in her eyes so that she gets it. You know, but where I would push back, where I would push back on that though, is when he does give her a choice, when he says, we don't have to do this. Oh, right. Earlier. When they're going to the hospital. Earlier. Yes. Yes. He he gives her a choice. We don't have to do this. We can go back to Tommy. She makes that to go and do it. Right. Right. But, but then. The extraordinary circumstances that surrounded. Oh, sure, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I think you, I think you have to, you can't not factor that in. No, no, he gave 100%. her a choice, and she respected, and he respected it. Like she he chose did. to go, right? But then when they go to the Wyoming situation, he lies to her, and he could have told her, <laughs> "This is what actually happened," because she says, "Tell me the truth, tell me the truth," and he lies to her, and she says, "Okay." When he, that was the choice. He chose to lie to her. And I get it. Some people in the chat are saying parents lie to their kids all the time to protect them, to save them. And certainly I think Mason or Neil Druckmann said that in the post uh, documentary of this episode. So it is there as an element, but he chose to lie to her. He doesn't give her the choice by telling her the truth of what he did and saying, do you want to go back? And maybe these nurses can figure this out or we'll get a new doctor. He doesn't give her the choice. He makes the choice for her. So in a way, in some ways, he's no different than Marlene. And so it's very, like I said, I love this. I, I'm not judging Joel. I think it's 
a fascinatingly complex character, and it makes me very excited to see where we're going to go in season two. And I bet Pedro Pascal is over the moon that he's going to get to explore these layers and these parts of Joel uh, as season two comes around. Yeah. Agre- agreed. Yeah. And like, if we can just talk about the incredible ride that Pedro Pascal is on right now, Please. like I mean, watching, you know, watching um, him show up on the Oscars. I've watched a lot mm. of his talk show appearances. Do you watch, I don't know if you watch Graham Norton, but you know, he's yeah, on, he's Norton. on, He's great. I, I I love his show. My wife is a huge Graham Norton fan. She got me into it. And just uh, yeah. watching the joy that that he seems to have, like he just comes off. And, and granted, maybe it's fake, yeah. um, but he just seems like such a good guy who has worked really hard for yeah. so many years. And now he's just on this incredible ride. And it's yeah. just it's it's really really it's really nice to see. You guys know I don't like to. I will occasionally toot my own horn. I don't like to toot my own horn, regardless of what people might think. But I got to sit down with Pedro Pascal and interview him for eight minutes for the Equalizer 2 when I was at Collider. And it was a fantastic conversation. He was so giving and so nice. We, we did it in Spanish and in English and just had a fun time. And we took a picture together, which I have. And I'm going to put snippets of that interview up this week on my TikTok. But like, he is so he was so so giving and so like everything he's just so real right he is at one point doing all these things in one way and then another way he is like outside of his body experiencing the joy of it all which i think is such an a great way to live it's not an easy way to be but it's such a great way to be um and he's such a fantastic energy to be in the room with and so i am so happy for him shannon as you said like the joy he is experiencing as people are discovering, and he was hilarious on SNL. Mm. You know, oh. okay. You know, all of that stuff that he was doing was so great. I loved him on SNL. So I I'm so happy that this is the the season of Pascal and we're getting more. And in fact, <laughs> I've never watched Narcos, and now I'm gonna go back and watch Narcos because of him. So I want to see what we're gonna get there. But yes, he is absolutely um one of the best dudes. Uh, <laughs> he says, "How is he single?" Eh, no comment. At least no comment. Um, anyway, uh, let's see if we got some streamlabs that came through. Jake the nerd, the Jake the nerd says, "Gotta roll out." You guys have an awesome night. The geek buddies are where it's at, ready for some Mandalorian, Bad Batch, and Picard this week. Hey, well, two out of three, Jake the nerd for sure. We'll definitely do Mando and Picard. We're waiting for the end of Bad Batch to do a review of the entire back half of the season. Um, but you know, it's ironic, Shannon. Apparently, these are some of the best episodes of Bad Batch as soon as we stop reviewing them. So, hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and thank you for the c- comments. Both, I think Shannon and I both uh, say thank you, Jake, for sure. Yes, thank you, Jake. Matthew Hennon says Ellie had already made the decision to save all of humanity, but she thought all they needed was her blood. Great point. Uh, I don't think she had any idea that it would require her sacrificing her life. And I wonder if Ellie would have made the decision if she knew that. Marlena seems to Marlene seems to imply that she would have made that decision if she had been given the chance to Joel. I think she says, like, you know what she would have chosen. Um, what do you think, Shannon? Do you think that's do we know that she would have chosen? Do you think she would have not chosen to sacrifice her life? I think the implication from Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin is that yes, mm-hmm. that she would have. Yeah. But Right. We can, you know, we can never know. And I, I don't think it would, I don't think it was Marlene's place to say, you know what she would have chosen. 
because my guess is that Joel knows Ellie infinitely better yeah. than Marlene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Very good point. So what do we think is going to happen with these two as we go into season two? Um, I, we've read all your stream labs and your super chat. So let's speculate a little bit about what we think we might be getting in season two. And again, no spoilers for the last of us part two in the chat. I will block you if you do that. So Shannon quickly, no, we don't have to go for 20 minutes quickly. What do you speculate we'll be getting in season two? Um, you know, I mean, my, my hope is that they get back, they get back to Tommy, but anytime in storytelling that there is a secret, that secret comes out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, however, it's going to, however, the truth about, you know, the hospital is going to emerge. I think the, the guarantee is that, uh, uh, either Joel is going to admit that he lied or someone is going to come along. Yeah. Maybe one of those nurses and confirm uh, yeah. Yeah. that he lied. And when you've made a strong emotional bond with someone um, to find out that they were uh, dishonest with you, that throws everything uh, kind of throws everything out the window. Yeah. Like I forget who said it, but it was like the only people who can betray you are the people you trust. Yes. Yeah. And you know, that's going to be, that's going to be a, a, a terrible thing to witness. But I imagine with the, uh, with the talents of Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, we won't be able to take our eyes off it. Yeah. I think that was Riley who said that to, to Ellie in that episode. That was it in that episode? I think it was. Okay. Was, she was saying about how, you know, because she wanted, because Ellie was looking to move up and all of this and and be an officer over at the Fedra, all of that. So I think she said to her that. But I think I, people in the chat, you can correct me. Oh, they're saying know. Tommy's wife. Oh, Tommy's. Oh, right. She says that to him when she, she says that to Ellie when she's cutting her hair. Right. Tommy's wife. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Yes, I forgot about that. Uh, Lou, Lou Heap fan says, missed most of your discussion. We'll catch up later. The Last of Us is a great show. I don't need another season. Well, it's coming. Great job by Pedro <laughs> and Bella, especially story-wise. I would do what Joel did, but I would have tried to tell the truth. She deserves it. Yeah, and so I, I wanted to read that one because I, I agree with everything you said, Shannon. The lie is going to become bigger and bigger in terms of a specter hanging over their relationship. And when Ellie, because I, I imagine Ellie knows, and Bella Ramsey even said that in the post-show doc, she said, Ellie knows, she see, she knows deep down that Joel is lying to her, but she can't accept that the one man she loves the most in the world now just took away her purpose for being in the world. And remember that letter I read earlier, Anna says to uh, Ellie through the letter, like, you know, find your purpose and fight for it. So I imagine, like like you said, I imagine this is going to become, this is going to cause a division between Joel and Ellie. And I said this a few episodes ago that I think Joel is on a time is on a doomsday clock for his life. Like he, there's no way he survives. And I don't think I'm, you know, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm wrong with that. The way the show is constructed, it's leading to the eventual death of Joel in some way, shape or form. He's got to atone for the lie. And I think that's how he's going to die atoning for the lie in some way. And I don't know what that is, 
but we shall see for that. But I look forward to seeing an incredible show. And Druckmann and Mason said they are not going to do more seasons of the show without the source material behind it. So I don't know how much there is in The Last of Us Part Two. Could they split that up into multiple seasons? I don't know. But uh, I'm very, very interested to see where we're going and what new groups of people, what new guest stars, what new environments, and how much they flesh out the stuff from The Last of Us Part Two, the way they fleshed it out from the source material of The Last of Us, for sure. Um, Andy Poon says, we know Joel lied in the show, but how do you guys think she would react if Joel had told the truth? Would she leave? Great question, Andy. So, Shannon, I'll give you a first shot at this one, please. Uh, how do you think she would have reacted if Joel had told the truth that he killed everybody, including Marlene, because they didn't tell her that she was going to die in this surgery? Um, would she have understood? Would she have forgiven Joel? Would she have never forgiven Joel and driven back there herself to figure it out? What do you think would have happened? I think she would have forgiven him and immediately demanded that he return her. <laughs> Great point. Great point. Um, something that I think uh, uh, Aisha pointed out here, I want to bring it up, is there's no guarantee that this vaccine would even work so she could die in a futile effort, which I think is very um, correlative to what's going on in our world. Certainly there's a section of this country and this world who don't believe in these vaccines against COVID, who have denigrated these vaccines against COVID. I am a big believer in the vaccine. Shannon, I imagine you are as well. So, but we see people say, well, science doesn't support it. Science, how do we know they're right? You know, there's all this kind of stuff. So there's no guarantee here that it would have worked. No, of course not. I mean, that's that's assuming that the surgery to remove that part of her brain yeah, would have yeah. worked. There's so many steps before you get a vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, when, I think when you kind of break it down scientifically, Joel's actions make more and more sense um and, and again especially because yeah. because ellie did not give her consent to that right like right. if she had been given you know the entire lay of the land would she have still done it probably yeah um but you know that yeah i mean that in in this world of compromised technology there's just no guarantee that it works. And again, from jo from Joel's point of view, I'm not risking my child on a maybe. Yeah. I don't care who it's going to save. Yeah. yeah. And that may be his logic when he's finally confronted with the lie, which will be real interesting to watch them uh, negotiate. All right, let's end this uh, review by uh, giving your overall thoughts of season one here, not just the finale here. Let's talk about the whole season. Shannon, what are your overall thoughts on the final season as we end our reviews of The Last of Us Season 1? I think the past few years, we have gotten some of the best uh, opening seasons of television than we've ever gotten. I think you look at the talent that has been attached and, and you know, streaming, HBO, premium cable, they're a big part of that. I think... Is The Last of Us the best first season of a show ever? I don't know. It's certainly in the conversation, though. Um, yeah. And especially for folks, uh, the uninitiated. Now, I'm not talking about me, because like, I knew it was a video game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the folks who really had no real knowledge of the game, when you look at the numbers that uh, 
were released, the the viewing numbers and how it's it's one of those kind of lightning in a bottle shows. Yeah. Where start I think I want to say it was with episode four, but maybe it was three. But the numbers just started to grow and yeah. grow and grow and grow. Um they just did such such an incredible job with this show. And even if there was no game to base this off, base this off of, yeah, this is still an incredible, it's just, it's an incredible, incredible story. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, <laughs> unfortunately they got nowhere to go, but down <laughs> because because <laughs> they just did such a great job yeah. with the first season. Um, and, and it kills me that we're probably not going to see season two until like uh, uh fall of 2024. <laughs> um, Maybe longer 2025. I don't know. Could be. Could be. They're shooting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was really, really excellent. And, you know, as the show started and people were talking about like, is the best, is this the best um, uh, adaptation of a video game? I don't think there's any question. <laughs> Yeah. With that, with that, I mean, this, this has, this has set a new standard for what, um, video game adaptations can be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where you start the conversation. If I give my, to give, to start my overall thoughts, that's where you start the conversation at its base. It is the greatest video game adaptation ever on TV, right? Period. We'll see how Super Mario Brothers is, but no, I mean, it just here <laughs> overall, I think it is. The best video game adaptation on TV, period. Never been anything better than this, honestly, in my opinion. From there, and I said this last night, my, my quick reaction, which I put up last night at midnight. Um, regardless of the video game, it is one of the best seasons of television ever, period. Regardless of it being based on a video game or not, which I think you're alluding to, Shannon, earlier. It is absolutely an incredible season of television, the way they were able to take that source material and flesh it out in such interesting new ways to fit the medium that they were writing for. Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann deserve all kinds of credit. Finding the right two actors to play it, having the guts to cast a Latino instead of a white guy to play the character, uh, you know, finding the right care actress to play Ellie, even though some people pushed back on Bella Ramsey playing her. Even now people are saying they should, some people are saying they should recast her because there's a time jump in The Last of Us part two which they've already come out and said she's not being recast she's staying as the character in the season two thank god they said that um they've over overrid right overridden all of that and created an incredible show with phenomenal performances incredible direction great direct a great uh, cinematography fantastic writing emotional beats that will resonate with you to make you want to watch the whole show again this is an easily bingeable show in one day and you would still feel the effects in such uh, uh, incredible ways when you're watching it. So just top to bottom, this is some of the best television we've gotten. And you, you look at HBO max right now from house of dragon to white Lotus season two into this and succession is next week. My God, they are on a run here. So for all the drama with WB and Zaslav and canceling shows and the Flash movie and all that stuff, they are just chugging along, creating fantastic television for us to enjoy and talk about for sure. Uh, well, I, I think most most of that stuff you mentioned was done before the merger. <laughs> Fair enough. So- Fair enough. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But you take the hey, look, look. I, yeah, I became coach of the team. They're winning now. I get the wins. That's the way it looks. That's the way it is. So. 
Uh, but fair point. Fair point. Yeah, the Watchmen series that was excellent as well. Great point there, Joseph. So, are you gonna are you yeah. gonna try to jump on to Succession, Johnny? Yeah, I've got to jump on to Succession. All right, I will try. If you promise me we'll review it, will you will you review it if we do it? Yeah. Are, okay. are, are you talking about the entire series or season four? No, season four. I'm talking. Season yes. Four. Oh my up, gosh. Yes. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, fantastic. Because if Ellie chose to return, return to where that hospital is no longer accepting patients. Just saying. I, well, sure. Well, you find the nurses and maybe they know if there's another doctor or another thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, they didn't blow it up. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> I, I don't think that the was the entirety because... of the. Sorry, go ahead, Johnny. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't think that's the entirety of the Fireflies population. I don't think Joel got them all. Mm. <laughs> like at some point, they're going to be like, point. well, some yeah. shit happened. <laughs> Someone pointed out, why would you trust the Fireflies anyway? Because Tommy left the Fireflies. Why did Tommy leave the Fireflies? So that may have an element of this uh, as well. Uh, one last Streamlab here from Queen Geek. Thank you, Queen. I think if they allowed Joel to see Ellie before the procedure, maybe if he saw her still make the decision to do the procedure, it maybe would have made it easier to let her go. Oh, I think if Ellie had made the choice in front of Joel and told him, I'm doing this because I want to do this, Joel would not have done what he did. Uh, he would have respected her decision. His trauma is his trauma. With Sarah, he didn't have a choice. Neither did she. With this situation, I think if Ellie had made the decision and told Joel, we have to finish this out, I'm doing this, Joel would have honored that. I hundred percent agree. What do you think, Shane? I think I think that's highly possible. Mm. Um, I, I can't say definitely, but but I yeah. do think that's possible that if they were in, if, if they were if they were completely informed from moment one, yeah, and he was able to watch Ellie reply, watch Ellie respond, then if that was the choice that she indeed made, like yeah. this is this is my purpose, I do think. Um, Highly likely that he would have respected that choice. Yes, I think he would have. I think he would have. Uh, we're hard men, Latinos, but once our once the women we love or the our daughters we love make decisions, we have to respect it. We have this kind of respect for it. I, I just believe that. Cheryl making a great point. Marlene should have chloroformed Joel till they were done with the surgery. Look, Marlene should have done a lot of things to Joel until they were done with the surgery, for God's sakes. But she had no idea. She yeah, had yeah, no sure. idea that oh, right. they she had... didn't know how attached Joel was to her until Joel woke up and started talking about Ellie. Yeah, good point. Nope. Jim. It good it was point. it was her it was the troops that you know flew that you know concussion grenade and knocked yeah. him out. So yeah, great point. Um, all right, well, there you go. I think that's a good place to wrap up, Shannon. Anything more you want to say? Are we good? Let's do it. No, right. I think we're good. Thank you all so much for joining us on this journey of our reviews for The Last of Us season one. Uh, for those of you who maybe joined us late, Michael Vogel made a cameo for about two minutes, giving us his overall thoughts on the show around the 15 minute mark. If you want to watch that, um, he, of course, is in New Zealand, so he couldn't join us, but he will be back on Wednesday and we'll be good to go for Mandalorian and for our main show uh, here this week. So look out for that from the three of us. Um, Shannon, another great review, another fun time with you, brother. And of course, a lot of love to the fans who joined us tonight. Please remember to subscribe to the channel. Hit a like on this video. Uh, and thanks for the Streamlabs and the Super Chats. What do we have to tell? 
If you would like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you would like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow the Mordor bound Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, who already dropped that ring into the fire and has made Please. his way back, you can follow him at Roca. The Roca Says. Damn right. Sam was so annoying. I would have dropped it in the first movie. God damn it, Sam. Why? Um, yes, you can do that. Um, and please remember to subscribe to the channel down below. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell button. I've got this crazy idea to get to 50,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Help me do that. If you love the Geek Buddies, if you love what we do here, increasing our subscriber numbers on the Outlaw Nation channel helps visibility for the Geek Buddies, which gets us more sponsors, gets us more people on board here onto the show so please do that if you haven't done that yet we would appreciate it also remember we are a separate podcast feed so maybe you want to re-listen to our conversation about this wherever you download podcasts you can subscribe to the geek buddies leave us a review leave us a rating we would appreciate it madly um and i think that's pretty much it all right that's it let's get on out of here ask me you can follow uh, we already said that all that all right let's get out of here thank you guys so much you guys are awesome we love you madly and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode or uh, review episode from the geek buddies Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.